0: Every time.
1: A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1.
0: On this week's episode, esports is rocked by scandal. Fallout might have a TV series. And will the return of Beavis and Butt-Head be a welcomed one? All this and more.
1: Welcome to the PCC Multiverse.
0: And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source and Inside Sports Fantasy Football and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And I just want to give you a heads up if you haven't already, We had our 200th episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos, which is right now available to anyone out there on every available podcast outlet. Plus, also as well, we had great shows this week at the Lakers Fast Break, two in fact, and also Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where Cam Newton just signed with the Patriots. You got to go ahead and check out our thoughts on that with Chris Zardieri. Plus, I had great conversations this week from Rafael Barlow from the NBA Draft Junkies, and Laker Tom from Lakerholics.net on the Lakers Fast Break. All those shows can be available on their separate channels or right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I also want to thank everyone that's watching us in India and wherever you get Blackjack TV and also to all the different radio stations around the world. We cannot say thank you enough for playing the Pop Culture Cosmos. But with me today, because Josh is celebrating his 90th birthday. Actually, he's not. Actually, just barely past thirty, a lucky guy. But he is celebrating his birthday, so we want to give him a special happy birthday. But we gave him a birthday present. Best of all, and that was not to hear me for an hour. So I got a great replacement indeed. I finally got a hold of this guy and told him he had to come on the show. He's, we just our scheduling just never seems to work, but finally got him back on. He is one of the the, the guys that I know with the best insight into pop culture. You gotta catch what he's doing today with Game Source on Facebook. Also, as well, he does a lot of stuff for Pop Culture Cosmos, the many podcasts he was on with me for the Game Source podcast, and so much more. Plus, also, you gotta catch his Twitch, which is right there. Degenerate Twenty Eighteen There's a good man indeed. It is Mr. Jamie Monroy, and Jamie, I hope us all all is well with you and the family, and and Mr. Tony, who's stopped by every now and then, just. Hope everyone is well with you at the Monroy household.
2: So far, so good. You know, still doing the social distancing thing as you can clearly see, but everything's going good. Glad to be back on with everybody.
0: Well, I hope you're not doing too much social distancing from your son, because you got to keep an eye on him, because he's kind of, you know, you've seen his streams. Don't remind me. Yes, don't remind you indeed. But we are going to talk about a lot of great subjects that are out there in pop culture. We're going to be talking about Ray Fisher, aka Cyborg from the Justice League. He is, I believe, excited for the Snyder Cut, but may not be for the reasons that you might think. Had some comments over the week, so we'll talk about that. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead! Those laughing guys are back on the screen in the near future. They just got a deal signed for two years of Beavis and Butthead coming to Comedy Central. So the return of Beavis and Butthead, I know for a lot of fans out there that are RH might like it, but is it going to be a welcomed one? So we'll talk about that coming up here in a bit. Fallout has a new TV series coming to Amazon. It's coming to Amazon in the near future. They just started go ahead development on it. They just signed deals. You know, everybody at Bethesda is just like happy about that. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And is it something that we really want to see? We'll talk about a Fallout TV series coming up here in a bit. Predator and Alien are coming to Marvel, but not in the way you think. We're going to go ahead and talk about that as well. We would normally have our Top 100 Movie-ish Countdown continue, but unfortunately, due to so many things to talk about, we're going to have to bump that to the Monday episode, so I truly apologize for that. But if you want to go ahead and get more updates, you can go ahead and check it out on PopCultureCosmos.com. But we will go ahead on the Monday show, the Pop Culture Cosmos, and update you on numbers 30 to 39 in our top 100-ish movie countdown. Because I know everybody's been excited about that. But first, my friend, and foremost, is something that, well, we talked about on last week's show. Well, I talked about on last week's show with Noe and Fine about the speaking out movement in professional wrestling. Talked about that as far as a lot of wrestlers that were uh, implicated, and a lot of allegations, and it led to a lot of firing, suspensions, but I don't think it's going to have the long-lasting effect on a major level the general audience is going to see, because I think AEW and WWE going forward will do a better job of of doing a lot of background on these wrestlers. I think it's going to change from a independent and underneath as far as the smaller promotions, the way they perceive and hire talent and be able to utilize talent going forward, I think there's going to be some changes there. So I think actually if for the speaking out movement, it will work in that fashion, but I think it's going to create a better mindset, but I don't think it's going to have a damaging effect too much long term to the overall top end of the industry. There's another industry that is rocked by scandal, my friend, and this came to light in the past few days. In fact, I know Salvador Villa from Storm Rush Gaming, he talked about it. I know Christian Daniel Zimunio, who I've had on the show as far as one of our esports experts. I know he's very well aware of it too. It's another scandal in the esports industry, my friend. An industry that I've spoken about at length as being one that could be on the verge of being an industry that general audiences would go ahead and connect with, but it's not quite there yet. And they needed to have some things done beforehand. This is not one of those things because there's been, in the past three weeks, as reported on by ESPN, more than 200 allegations of sexual misconduct in the past three weeks that have been out there, including the most recent one, which is catching the, the big-time eye. This is put, reported all over the place from the Super Smash Brothers fighting community. Nairobi Nairo Quesada, he was removed from his team for some allegations uh, against another esports player that's online, according to ESPN and several other reports. Just very disappointing. And the allegations are really at a at a premium at this point in time. And again, over 200 allegations within this esports community as a whole This is a black eye, my friend, on the eSports community.
2: I think it's a really hurtful black eye. I mean, you've got how much stuff going on right now. You've had Mixer coming off the tails of Mixer. You have Dr. Disrespect getting banned from Twitch. You have, you know, all these things just snowballing. You're going into this and to be totally honest, it's, it's harsh, you know, 200 plus allegations and not all of them are all sexual allegations. I should say that in general exactly you've got you know from giving alcohol to minors to you know what have you i know nintendo's yet to issue any statement and why would they they've never been associated as far as it goes with the esports community when it comes to smash but the damaging effect it could have is astronomical if you think about it you're talking about top tier players that some of these kids look up to like role models i can be that one day i could play smash really
0: good i could be there if I heard my kids say that right now, I don't think I'd want them to be there. So if you said Tony right now, who is a major streamer online at this point in time, he said, Dad, I want to go ahead and get involved, get get to Evo or get to some type of esports for whether it's fighting or whether what type of ever background, the NBA 2K League, whatever. We hear the stories that are now going with the allegations. Like I said, over 200 allegations of some type of wrongdoing in the past two yeah. weeks. And then, of course, previously the you know uh, teams that were forcing their players or players were think, trying to get the edge up by, by going with PEDs and Redlin and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You really don't want him a part of it at this point in time because I think there's still some good to be had in the sports industry.
2: I agree. I absolutely think there's good to be had still. I just think right now isn't the right time. Everything is just way too toxic. It, it's always been had its toxic parts. That's anything. But it's just right now, it's way too toxic to where the point is not so much I'm worried that something might happen to him, but what if something were to be allegated against him because he's guilty by association? I mean, one of the stories, for instance, that was an accusation was the two of them didn't shy away from the fact that they went to an after party after an event. So, you know, no, I really don't think right now is a good time to be around that. There's too much risk.
0: Well, it is something that we definitely have to think about that going forward. The industry itself, and that's esports industry as a whole, uh, because it's uh, you know there's all these different organizations doing different things. It's not one, under one umbrella. That's part of the issue. So all these the way the way that they manage it, the way they oversee it, the way they govern it, the way they look at the players, the way they treat the players all those are different things heading into it from whether it's EVO, whether it's League of Legends, whether it's iRacing or whatever, you know. Yeah. And it's it's a shame because the esports industry as a whole, with the advent of the unfortunate incidents of the coronavirus, have this time to shine because as you and I both know, video gaming as a whole has skyrocketed in 2020 because everybody's home more, they can do more things. And we saw an industry with esports and the rise of what Ninja's doing, and so many other streamers that are out there, bringing this this community even forward more to a larger, broader audience. Which I think, as, as I've told you before, and I've told this to you know many people before, the industry of esports cannot reach the level that it wants to unless it hits a larger general audience. Until it becomes that okay, I'm going to go check out the League of Legends game that's going on at CBS. Or well, I'm going to go ahead and check it out, that fighting tournament that's going to go on on Fox or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think that in order to do that now, it's going to be a lot harder time to get there. But the problem is, you know, is just with all those allegations that are going on, I don't think these sponsors and I don't think these, these major networks, which are starting to embrace esports, well, they're going to look at them in a whole different light because of all these allegations that are going on right now.
2: And let me pose a question to you. Now, a lot of these allegations, obviously, like much more of the allegations in different industries and what have you that have been coming to light within the last year or so have all been, you know, pre-past tense. Not to say that it's to diminish the fact that it happened, but we're talking past tense. Now, my question to you is, with the industry was starting to get to this boom right now going on because of the fact that people had more time to get into it had more time to stream had more time to play you know had more time to watch streams all of that and it was starting to hit that like you were saying it's hitting that point but it needs to to get there and do you feel like that maybe this is a way of stopping it from getting there like this was pre-planned or posed to like, oh, this is getting too big now. Let's shut it down. I don't know. If How was, can we do that?
0: I don't know if it was pre-planned. I mean, some people will go ahead, and obviously, the conspiracy theorists that are out there will probably oh, yeah. say, "Hey, yeah, maybe that's the case, and this was preplanned, and all this was set." But I just think, at this point in time, you've seen where in the past two, three years, TNT, TBS, uh, you know, certain other ESPN, the ABCs, mm-hmm. they they've got into starting streaming these these games, these contests, these competitions. We saw the recent success this past summer of iRacing when it embraced the Indy Racing League and also NASCAR until Kyle Larson's mouth shut that down. But they were actually getting some really nice ratings. NBC Sports was was televising all this that was going on. And you see, obviously, the League of Legends that goes on when those competitions are out. They sell out stadiums, they sell out arenas, they get a, you know a nice number on Twitch. It was starting to get that notoriety when it was starting to branch off into a commercial general audience, which is what you want to do to get it to that platform of esports, to the Olympics, to the level of the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to get it to that platform and not be that uh eSports joke. <laughs> That's not a real sport. right? That's what you wanted to get it to. And they were well on their way. But this is the type of thing, this is an easy out for those broadcasters, for those older executives that don't want to see this for what it is. That gives them an easy, low-hanging fruit, an easy excuse to go ahead and say, you know what, we're not going to give eSports. A this chance. is exactly
2: why we weren't embracing this.
0: Yeah, and the sponsors too, you know the sponsors that were looking into this because you've seen so many positive sides from the industry, so many companies out there throwing their dollars, throwing their financial weight at these these esports teams. They're taking probably a second look, a third look at this now, and saying, you know what? Do we hmm. want to continue going ahead and investing into this? This is a concern. Huh? We need to look at how are these teams being run? How are these teams being managed? I mean. are the people that are managing these are i mean are these credible individuals are are these just some hangers-ons or some some relatives or somebody that really doesn't have the qualifications to go ahead and and run these teams we're looking at those people the players themselves what kind of backgrounds do they have what 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 issues uh, should be dealt with when you when you're talking about esports as a whole because it looks like right now that there's a big problem. And I think part of the problem is, like like, like I said earlier, eSports is all over the place. These alliances, these organizations, unlike the NBA, stop, stops right there with NBA. M- right. M- anything in MLB, stops right there at MLB. If it's their fault, and their fault only. With eSports, it's a whole different thing. And people, but, you know, like you said, why should Nintendo make a comment on it? But they may have to, they may get drawn into it, even through no fault of their own. Only because their game is guilty by association. Exactly. Or Mortal Kombat, or a Street Fighter, or any of these games. You know, Capcom might have to say something about it. All these other individuals, like NBA 2K, 2K might have to say something about it. If it goes those there, it doesn't, you know, it just, it's a disappointing part of what we're seeing with these allegations an industry that was just on the verge of becoming something truly special. That's just so disappointing for for me as someone who I'm an older audience, but I'm still an audience that's vested and interested in seeing this grow for the community going forward because I see and appreciate what video games can do for an audience.
2: Hey this is Chad from Ghost Toasters and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast.
0: for the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Like I said, it's it's going to be a tough time right now for esports to continue. It's hold with a with an audience right now. We'll see what happens because of these allegations. I know Salvador Villa, like I said earlier, he's really distraught about it, and I understand his feelings, and I also know that there's other people out there that are truly upset by what's going on, and there are a lot of people that were adversely affected by these, these incidents, and my heart goes out to these these individuals that were adversely affected by it. Uh, you know, these, these allegations, true or not, it, it's still some hard time for the esports industry, I'm just hopeful that if there's actual any criminal wrongdoings, that those people are brought to justice, and I'm hopeful for the industry as a whole. But the times right now, because of it, you know, all that momentum you had that was growing by leaps and bounds over the past five years, they may be coming to a halt.
2: Yeah, this is definitely a major speed bump and horrific setback.
0: What are your thoughts out there on? the esports industry in an uproar in regards to the, well, actually what ESPN was reporting, and that's a great article by ESPN if you get a chance to check it out. It is, like I said, right now in the fighting game community, but it affects esports as a whole. So what are your thoughts on the current allegations that are out there on the esports industry and the fighting game community? Please share us your thoughts. popculturecosmos at Yahoo.com. But, my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's show. Hopefully a little bit more stuff. But there's there's some good things coming up on the way when it comes to the Snyder Cut. So let's talk about the Snyder Cut right now HBO Max. Are you excited for this Zack Snyder's epic, which could be as much as, what, a six to possibly even eight episode arc for the Justice League movie? And what the hope is for everybody out there that what it could become? Yeah, I just
2: kind of feel like maybe it's something that should have happened to begin with. That's just my personal feelings
0: on it. It's it's hard because of the circumstances that sax Snyder left. I mean, you know, the tragic Damn. suicide death of his daughter. That just as a as a father, you know, as a father, I know, absolutely I yeah, would absolutely. cease to function, and he did pretty much. So I I, I cannot blame him a bit. If for no no, and so Joss Whedon came to in, in what we thought or what we were hoping would be cleaning up the any type of contingencies or or any type of you know circumstances and you know give us a product that we would enjoy on screen and ultimately that was not the case it was panned both on a critical and an audience wide nature there has been comments recently by Ray Fisher who played Cyborg in the film uh, i'm i think he's he's probably very supportive of the Zack Snyder cut not only because i'm sure it does present a much better light for him as an actor and the cyborg character but because he made some strong statements on regards to mistreatment on the set by the director who came in, Josh Whedon. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, is it something that needs to be taken really seriously? Because I think it does, and uh, I'm just concerned that if Josh Whedon is going to have these type of situations happen in the future, that, you know what, this is going to be something where maybe you don't want to have him, even though he has a, a degree of success – especially when it comes to the Avengers, that maybe it's not the direction you want to go to, to have him as your man in the director's chair going forward.
2: Well, obviously the decision was made not realizing that that was going to be the case. I, I would hope, I would hope that it wasn't, you know, common knowledge of, well, you know, this guy just does this as common practice. So I'm having him take over for me. It's fine. Everything will be great. Cause if that was the case, then shame on, you know, everyone involved. But, I don't think that was the case. I think it was more of a resume spoke for himself. It seemed like the greatest go-to at the moment. I also feel like it's the case of the kid playing two parents, but that parent would have treated me better And this. I didn't like the way you were doing things, so I'm going to tell on you because I didn't like the way you did it. I kind of feel like there was a little bit of that going on because with the tweet also, there was claimed that the co-president of WB, Jeff Johns, I believe. Uh, yeah. At that yeah. time, no, 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 no. It was uh John, no, 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 John.
0: Oh, I had it, John Berg. Okay, but also Jeff Johns of DC was uh, implicated. Right, as right. Far as he was the president and CCO of DC at the time. They were basically complicit while this uh, actions, which. Ray Fisher had said it was, by Joss Whedon was uh, unprofessional and gross. It was pretty much mm-hmm. what was, what was uh, the main stick words that that people are uh, gravitating right. towards. It's,
2: Abusive uh, on set.
0: Yeah. So uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it was just for that occasion, or I don't know if it was under a time frame or issue. Don't know the real circumstance behind it. Right. But obviously, Ray Fisher is very supportive of a Zack Snyder cut because he he. Looks like he he had a, a much better result of working with Zack Snyder than he did with Joss Whedon. I'm hoping also as well that this is going to lead not only for maybe Joss Whedon to realize, hey, I need to become a better person, a better individual, or way I direct on the set. So going forward, if I want to go ahead and be a part of any major productions, I want to go ahead and maybe give a better impression to the people I work with. That hopefully will be the case. But also, if... This is going to be Zack Snyder's realization on the screen. We're going to see that coming up next year on HBO Max. I'm hoping it will evolve into a more in-depth Justice League and that will lead to a much better product going forward and a hopefully an extension of the DCEU that was abandoned after the failure of the Justice League.
2: Agreed, because he's definitely do his justice. Right. Pun intended.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the puns are still here, even though Josh is not. But i tell you what, it's something that we'll be looking more and more into. I'm hoping Ray Fisher, who I thought did a very solid job as, as Cyborg, uh, still continues in that character going forward, even after the Snyder Cut. And I believe he is, from what all the rumors you hear, is going to have a, a good part in the upcoming Flashpoint movie, which is now, I guess, on again because you have Michael Keaton supposedly signing up as Batman that's also going to be part of that and then all that good stuff going forward so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out but yes I would like to see Ray Fisher continue as Cyborg I really appreciated his character in there but I want to see more importantly how the Snyder Cut which all these actors virtually uh, that were part of it have given universal support of it. And it tells me that they all think that there's something there left on the table that audiences will truly want to see. And that the Justice League, once it becomes realized fully on HBO Max, is going to be something well worth watching.
2: I'm looking forward to it. You know, I wasn't, the pun was there, of course, but he really is do his justice. I think, you know, we got cut short. We didn't get to actually fully see ever what his vision was. And now we will. So i can't argue that i i'm looking forward to it i just hope i do like you said i hope it does span into something more
0: i hope it does as well and i'd like to see that developing more and more with the dcu because as josh and i have spoken about at length on this show since the snyder cut first got officially announced coming to hbo max i really think it's something that at some point in time we want to go ahead and see more developed. It's great that you have all these standalone entities doing well. You've got your Joker here. You've got your Wonder Woman 84 here. You've got Aquaman 2 over here. Black Adam here. Shazam 2 here. You've got the Batman with his stuff going on with Robin Pattinson there and all that. But I want to see some of the stuff tied together again. I want to see them make an attempt to give us a reason, for the most part, to tie everything together. I understand you want to leave Matt Reeves' the Batman series that alone. Okay, go ahead and do that. The Joker, I understand, because of the time frame and and the fact it did so well, you want, might want to leave that alone. I get that. But the Wonder Woman's, the Aquaman's, the Batman's of night now. If you don't want to bring back Batfleck, you know, some type of either Michael Keaton or some somebody else the younger playing the role in Justice League. I want to see all that tied again. I don't want to see them abandon that and give that up because I think that there is something there that fans do want to see. Yeah, it might be a hybrid or a copy of what we've seen already with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but again, when it comes to all the stuff that we saw before, the Justice League has been around forever, and I, I really, truly would like to see them play that out on screen and not give that up or abandon that wholeheartedly
2: yeah i agree it, it i was looking forward to a lot more than what we ended up with and to see that all tied together again yeah like you said we're getting a rehash of marvel and everything but so what doesn't everybody want that we we're not getting that from marvel right now because we can't it's not it's done it wasn't in the cards for that right now
0: they have to basically that so the board is clear and so why not
2: to. go with what we can go with why not
0: have it that way no, I hear you, I hear you, and that's something that, you know, with Marvel right now in a point where they're going to have a lot of unproven IPs that they're going to go ahead and show off in the next couple of years. Now's a great time for DC to go ahead and build forth a community and a start to another major storyline that folks would want to see. Yeah, Aquaman, is, it was a great success. Wonder Woman 84, I don't know about the success of it now because of coronavirus, but we're going to give that a pass either which way because the coronavirus. So it's going to be a great movie, I think, nonetheless, as far as yeah. from a critical standpoint and an audience standpoint, whoever sees it, I think it's just how many people are going to go ahead and see it in the theaters. That's ultimately the case. But any movie coming out in 2020, you're never really going to be able to judge going forward how well it's going to do or if it would have been a bomb or not bomb because of the fact that we're in the middle of this pandemic. So I'm going to go ahead right now and say, you know what? If you can, please start trying to tie again, once again, make an effort to do that, to tie it all together. I think myself, Jamie, Josh, and everyone at Pop Culture Cosmos and all the DC fans really want to see something tied together, an overarching storyline that's going to build this community and make it worth our time watching all these DC movies.
2: I'm telling you, they need to get the writers from CW. That is what makes the Arrowverse work so well, is because all of those shows in one form or another, and it's not always just the two part events, but they keep them tied together.
0: And that's what we're looking it's for. It's as simple as that. And that's what we're looking for right here for the DC universe. What are your thoughts out there on the DC movie universe and Ray Fisher's comments, a.k.a. Cyborg, his comments on Joss Whedon and his treatment of the actors and basically the way he acted on set during the finishing touches of the Justice League. And do you want the Justice League to continue after it hits the Zack Snyder cut on HBO Max? You want to see that overarching storyline where people... Really get to go ahead and find out exactly what can happen when all these great forces in the DC world come together. Share us your thoughts, Pop Culture Cosmos, at Yahoo.com.
1: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents action figure adventure super collector jay bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever he fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end what will he get how will he get it and how well will he do find out november 1st 2020
0: my friend one half hour down one half hour to go Once again, I'm on with Jamie Monroy, a.k.a. Degenerate2018 on Twitch. Before we go ahead and head into some great stuff that we're going to talk about to finish up the show, I want to go ahead and give you a shout-out right now on Twitch. So what are you exactly doing on Twitch? What games are you playing?
2: I am going to get back in the swing of things. I actually picked up some good finds here over Father's Day and everything. I've got some Final Fantasy VII Remake, Minecraft Dungeons. And just got the new season of Call of Duty. So definitely some things to keep us entertained.
0: Well, there's a lot of games still yet to come out this year. And I know you're going to dabble in one or two of them, if I might say. So a great place to go is Degenerate 2018 on Twitch.
2: Speaking of you talking about things coming down the pike on there, you know. Tony Hawk remake.
0: Yeah, Tony, Tony Hawk, Hawk remake, remake. Yeah, Skate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's 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 awesome. But as Josh and I said, and I'm just going to say this once again for the 900th time, Skate is great. I know a lot of people were loving the Skate and all that. Mm-hmm. But I want to go ahead and just tell you my disappointment that a Mass Effect trilogy remake was not announced. That was the big thing I think that would have hooked in a lot of people. That was what I think a lot of people were wanting to hear. And I'm sorry that that's not the case. But I know Skate is at least a step in the right direction. I think that
2: Mass Effect remakes will come.
0: If you look at it right now,
2: we're in the era of what's old is new again. And it's to dip in our pockets two or three times. Come on. It worked for Elder Scrolls. So now they're just remaking games instead of rehashing them all over place on different systems.
0: Yes, Skate was something that was commented on and wanted by the community. So they're Mm -hmm. just starting that process there. And yes, Tony Hawk is coming back. Yes, that's great. And I mean, it's going to come to the point where with skating games, it's going to be the reason why that they dropped off in the first place, because too many of them came out at the same time. We always saw a skate and a a Tony Hawk coming right around the same time of each other. And they came out almost yearly. In fact, they did come out yearly. Yeah. I think we only have so much patience and tolerance uh, gamers out there for the skating community. It only goes so far. We've seen it before. I think ultimately it may happen again where a burnout will happen shortly thereafter.
2: Oh, I agree. That's why the remake is only one and two. Cause one was the only game that was actually pertinent. In my opinion, two was good. One was where obviously where it all started. That was what did it. The thing is, it's going it, to, you're exactly right. It's timing with everything. And it's, I hope that they're not trying to, to go further than that. It's all fine for the nostalgia to get the remake in, but To say they go any further, there's a reason that the Tony Hawk games died out when they started going past two.
0: But initially there's going to be, as all things with nostalgia, going to be nice to see Tony Hawk and Skate come back around again, what, I'm assuming two, three years. We'll see how that works out when the new Tony Hawk or revised Tony Hawk or remade Tony Hawk comes out once again, and then a new version of Skate comes out shortly thereafter. So... I want to see how far the love and and nostalgia feel of these skating games are going to play out to a a newer audience per se. So let's hope that both the Tony Hawk crew and the Skate crew do a great job of that as they go ahead forward with their versions of a remake for Tony Hawk 1 and 2 and a new version of Skate coming out uh, probably two, three years down the line, but we'll wait and see. What are your thoughts out there on Tony Hawk and Skate returning to consoles, each in its own different way. Share your thoughts to cosmos at Yahoo.com Also as well, pop culture cosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. You're the Twitch guy. I do a little Twitter Twitch you- on PopCultureCosmos, but you're the better Twitch man than I am.
2: You're playing the better game right now. No, that's
0: true. Last of Us, the original, I'm playing that right now on Twitch. When you get a chance, check that out. But for right now, I want to go ahead and talk about, hey, hey, hey. let's get your laughs ready, my friend, because 90s nostalgia is coming back in form. We thought it was just 80s, but 90s nostalgia is coming back in form as hey, 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 hey. Beavis and Butthead.
2: Oh, hold on. I need to put my shirt up over my head, right? Yeah, Isn't that go. how they
0: did it? There we go. Yeah, there, there we, we go. go. I got it. There you go. There you go. Don't set your house on fire. Beavis I'll try not but- to. <laughs> yeah, Beavis and Butthead is coming back for a two-year run, at least, on Comedy Central. Mike Judge has been uh, asked to do it again by the MTV Viacom networks that are out there. Of course, it was you know such a big hit for MTV and is actually one of the things during the 90s that for a little while was becoming so transcendent for the network as a whole. And it hit such highs. It had a movie, the whole nine yards. And bringing it back again in a different culture, in a different climate. Yeah. Uh, I know Josh, while he's going ahead with his freedom from being away from me, on his birthday, or it right wasn't on his birthday, but actually it was a couple of days ago, spoke <laughs> about that on his social media and uh, was very opinionated on that as far as Putting it now in this type of climate, would it go over well? I'm not worried about that, essentially, about any controversial content, because I think Mike Judge still, is, and it's not like Mike Judge was just sitting on the rack, not doing anything. I mean, he's been doing things. He's been having successful hit shows. He's still been, been part of that creative process. So he understands, I, I would assume, what today's climate is all about. Beavis and Buttheads will still push the envelope. But I don't think it's going to be pushing the envelope as much now as it did then, which is the bigger problem to me. Is it will it connect with audiences of today and will it connect with us who watched it back in the day? That to me is the bigger question. Is it going to connect because of just what content is there? And is it going to connect with those audiences to somebody that says, hey, dad, like your son? Your son's going to want, is your son going to go ahead and watch Beavis a Butthead and say to you, hey, dad, why'd you even like this in the first place?
2: I hope not. <laughs> Honestly, with his generation, it's going to all depend on, you know, how mainstream it goes out there on social media. Honestly, that's what decides things for that generation. If you think about it, you know, if social media says it's good, then it's worth their time. And whereas we did have a choice. And when we figured out what that was back in the day, that was very, it was, it pushed the envelope for us. It was, that was that risque thing that, man, our parents just can't stand us watching this, but this is great. I, the way I look at it, I look at Weaves and Butthead for us, how SpongeBob would be for maybe like Jen's generation. There was always those parents of, oh, I can't stand SpongeBob. My kids will never watch that stuff. It's just horrible for a kid to watch that's no different than what our parents were probably saying about us watching Beavis and ButtHead. going, what, why are they watching that? It's nonsense, but it was great. It would, you know, I was just going to crack that joke about when you said not to burn my house down, you know, about, I won't wash the dog either.
0: Well, I remember the controversy back in the day when somebody actually did burn their house down because yeah. they washed it on Beavis and ButtHead. So yeah. I'm not expecting that this time around. I'm expecting, like I said, to have that type of, weird ambiance of a, a 90s show being revived and not everybody getting it especially well, let me audiences.
2: ask you let me ask you we we've gotten the revival of it okay we've seen so a little of what it's going it's slated for two new seasons plus spin-offs on comedy central now here's my thing
0: again well that's We're, that's up, up, up to debate it, depending on the audience. If it right. doesn't get an audience, that's the problem.
2: If it gains an audience, does that mean that it could eventually strut its way
0: elsewhere? Go back to the big screen?
2: Well, there, and we also know that, you know, there's a lot to wheeling and dealing when it comes to product and streaming services right now. So who's to say it's not going to end up somewhere else? I mean, that's very closely associated with Comedy Central and everything else.
0: Well, that's, that's the thing. And we'll talk about Viacom. Which is a topic for later, right? Yeah, Viacom has got some major deals going on. And we'll talk about that here in a sec. But when it comes to the IP of Beavis and Butthead, it's not hot now. Even with the announcement, everybody's like, pretty good. You know, I got some good buzz off it when I posted on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. I got some good buzz off of it. And initially... Just like everything else that's revived like this it's going to give a a nice fat number to start off with but six months down the line what's it going to do that's what oh, i that's agree what, i mean we've seen all these 90s and 80s revivals and even early 2000 stuff revivals they've come about and they always start off with they pop a nice number as far now, as audience are but it's dependent on what you're going to be doing a long-term. And so I'm like, right now I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not sure if it can gain an audience, if it will connect with an audience of now in the cancel culture, in the current climate that we have, if the current millennials and younger audiences that may not have seen it, I'm not sure if it's going to connect without an audience. And that's the, the audience it has to connect to because again, you have the 18 to 49 demographic, which is so important to these advertisers. They don't care about me anymore because I'm beyond that. They are still caring about you because you're a decision maker. So if you are gonna go ahead and watch it, but your son, who is now in that demographic, just starting out, just like those advertisers are all you know, just watering at the mouth, you know, just looking at your son thinking, oh okay, I can't wait to go ahead and start fresh buying. Meat. Yes, fresh meat, start spending now. You're the demographic and he's the demographic that they want to see. That's the thing. If it doesn't connect with younger audiences, you know, and, and you're just basing it off the older, you're on the tail end. I'm on the, the tail end of audiences that, that saw it and might appreciate it, might stick to it. I have a, I have a feeling that that's going to be a problem for it being a sustainable IP going forward. Like you were talking about it, accentuating the spin spinoffs and, you're talking about movies, you're talking about video games, you're talking about everything else that Beavis and Butthead once did back in the 90s. I'm not so sure it's going to be able to do that again simply because of the fact that it may not connect with the audience that Viacom, Comedy Central, Mike Judge really wants it to connect it to. That's the problem. Those <laughs> jokes may work in the 90s, but they may not work right now.
2: Well, I'm glad Mike Judge is at least keeping most of it to himself. He's overseeing it, writing it, producing it, doing the voiceovers for both characters, which is great. But they're also putting Beavis and Butthead in a whole new Gen Z world. Admittedly, in a whole new Gen Z world. Now, back to what you just said. Does that mean they are adapting to said new Gen Z world or are we going to get the same (laughs) from the 90s that isn't going to fit in with a Gen Z society?
0: And that could be a thing where you have the fish out of water syndrome where you have these two that are stuck in the 90s and that's the way that Mike Judge may present them is (laughs) because you're not going to be able to change them because they're two stoner kids. They're still going to have to act like two stoner kids.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you're basically talking Bill and Ted. They they
0: can't become two Harvard intellectuals overnight.
2: What? You never know.
0: Stranger things have happened. Well, stranger things have happened, but these two, are kids are are supposed to be, "Eh, you know, just like stoner, drugged out kids. That's part of the reason why people were. Washed up, just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. But what I'm saying is when it comes to fish out of water, they may be presented as these two kids who were stuck in the 90s who are the same but they're trying to go ahead and the show presents them dealing with whatever today's issues and today's normal things that they want to do instead of going to the video store they would be going to something modern in today's environment you know that's my thing
2: if i remember correctly one of the episodes they lost their tv from back in the 90s so obviously that's a big issue you know what do they do now everything's flat screen. Like you were saying, okay, going to the convenience store. They used to go to convenience stores for nachos. Do they not do that now? Are we going to Uber Eats our nachos to the to the house? Like, do they even, is it going to be the fish out of water? And Is it going to be enough though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it.
0: That's a big issue. And how will they be presented? I mean, are you going to show them aged 20 years later or are you going to show them still as the kids from the 1990s? That's another thing on how they'll be presented.
2: I think a big issue too is going to be that if you want to run with the Gen Z society and put them in it, then they better start to adapt. I think that would be a good route to go as far as for hilarity reasons, seeing the the two of them adapt to things of nowadays, you know, where's the music videos? What are they watching on TV anymore? They don't, if they're watching on TV, they're seriously disappointed.
0: They are seriously disappointed. And I I will tell you this, it's something that they definitely have to look at how it's going to be portrayed on the TV, because now you have not only like we're talking about with Viacom and, and Comedy Central, you're dealing with streaming services you're dealing with all these other entities and how you present yourself so that's what i want to see is how beavis and butthead will be presented going forward but it's very going to be very interesting to see is it debuting in the fall but i forgot exactly when it was going to be debuting or did they, they give a general time frame
2: it didn't really give that much of a general time frame everything i saw maybe lean towards fall but nothing really concrete
0: I'm going to say right now with the coronavirus, any new productions, probably 2021, maybe summer at the year. At case. least. Yeah. yeah, Especially animations. Only if you're South Park, can you just like whip mm-hmm. one out really fast like that. You know, they have to. And, and, you know, South Park, they really have to do a lot to, in order to go ahead and stay relevant within like, you know, three or four days notice. So,
2: You know what it just dawned on me too, is being risque as Beavis and Butthead were, and hopefully still will be. Are they going to be able to hold a candle and stand up against the new big boy on the block that's kind of taken their luster from back then? And, you know, I don't know about you, but some of that raw humor I took away from Rick and Morty, I went right to that, gravitated towards it.
0: And Rick and Morty have have achieved, I think, a level of success that maybe even, well, I think, you know what, Beavis and Butthead at its height was more successful than Rick and Morty going to argue right. with that you you know I'll argue people on that but I think overall consistently Rick and Morty has achieved a level of success that Beavis and Butthead could not consistently stay up because Beavis and Butthead was like a rapid rise and a rapid decline uh, all on one so that's to me was the the thing I take out of it but it'll be interesting to see how Beavis and Butthead are going to be able to be a sustainable IP and portray themselves in a new decade, two decades after their greatest success on MTV, and they're coming to Comedy Central here, most likely 2021, I would assume. But yes, Jamie and I are going to be very interested to see how this all plays out, and hopefully you will be too when <laughs> Beavis and Butthead comes back. TV. What are your thoughts out there on Beavis and Butthead returning to cable television with all new episodes coming in the near future by their original creator Mike judge for well right now they're contracted to two seasons. So if we want to hear your thoughts on that PopCultureCosmos cosmos at yahoo.com also as well pop culture cosmos Humanity, Media, and game source on Facebook Twitter and Instagram as well
1: you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials if you need your video game fix be sure to check out retro city games located in town square on las vegas boulevard or in henderson nevada retro city games has the cure for all your video game vices retro games and games for current consoles nintendo sega playstation xbox and more retro city games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. Last things
0: I want to cover with you, my friend, before we head on out, Predator and Alien coming to Marvel. But not in the way you think. They're coming to Marvel Comics. And even though the promo artwork was with Predator on top of the Tony Stark (sighs) building, They say that they want to go ahead for now. Keep them as separate entities away from the Avengers universe. Although I don't think you and I are thinking that it's going to stay that way for very long.
2: Okay, good. You took the words right out of my mouth because you know it's not. Marvel is known for their mashups. So it's only a matter of time before the Avengers cross over and... Meet up with, you know, predators or aliens or what have you. That may have been a teaser poster and it may have been nodded off as to, you know, oh, oh, we don't want to do that. But it's definitely a sign of things to come and I think it'll be sooner than not.
0: Well, the day I see a face hugger on Captain America, like jump out there, whoosh, right there on the face, uh, that'll be a picture worth a thousand words right there. And then Predator, you know, just like. You know, with the vision and all that, checking out all the Avengers, while Tony Stark with Iron Man doing the same thing with his thermal, you know, both of them just like doing ther- dual thermal vision type deal. That would be fun to see. You know what's going to happen but for people looking forward to that possibly on a cinematic realm, no. No, that Yeah, no. No, no, no. That will not We got to keep that one in the ink. Yeah, yeah. That one's going to be just kept to comic books unless something dramatically changes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't think you will see that one anytime soon. I mean, just getting Deadpool into that Marvel <laughs> Thank cinematic you. Movie. Yeah, just getting him in there, that's going to be the only real R-rated content that's going into the or being wedged into the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point.
2: Oh, unless we can borrow Venom for a minute and actually give him the justice.
0: True, yeah, that that could be a possibility if the Sony Marvel deal allows it, but we'll wait and see. But for right now, in the comics world, I think a lot of people are getting a lot more enthusiasm. And I think the comic book industry, which has really been hard hit by this pandemic is a industry that is in sorely need of change, is that it needs a boost of energy, and I think Predator and Alien coming to Marvel could be just what the comic book industry is asking for.
2: I couldn't agree with you more. It's a breath of fresh air. It's a great franchise, you know, both of great franchises. Again, I feel like we've been having a trend of talking about what's old is new, but, you know, the two of us- This is the
0: way life is in pop culture. How many things can we remake? How many non-original ideas can we have? And how many things can we go ahead and redo to death, but we still make a change? How many times can we do
2: it and they'll still take it?
0: Yes, exactly.
2: (laughs) I mean, um, (laughs) but when we first saw this back in the day, it was amazing, right? You saw an alien for the first time, you are going, what? And so to know that it's coming to one of my favorite comic books you know marvel of course is great for me because one the possibilities are endless we've already seen what they can do with the universe just imagine what they can do with certain things within said universe yeah right now they're saying they're not going to because of course they don't want they don't want everybody waiting for that they don't want everybody chomping the bit for that they want to establish themselves first make their benchmark then Oh, hey, now we'll play the what-if game.
0: Well, we'll wait and see what happens. But Predator and Alien to come into Marvel Comics is a good sign for the comic book industry, and for comic book fans everywhere. It's going to be nice to see all the scenarios that might play out in the future. For Predator and Alien at Marvel Comics.
2: A bad sign for Dark Horse, though.
0: I don't think Marvel's too worried about that.
2: Oh, well, obviously not. That's not the first thing they've taken from them. That's where they got Star Wars. <coughs> comic book line came from there too
0: need we say more what are your thoughts out there on marvel comics getting the printer alien franchises we knew it happened sometime because obviously the, uh, the when they purchased fox this is what you get when you pay all those billions of dollars but what are your thoughts out there on it share us your thoughts pop at yahoo.com well, it's been a great episode my friend but before we head on out real quick i want to hear your thoughts on cbs all access and peacock the nbc universal they're sharing content for both those streaming services they made a deal in the near future so you will see some shows that you normally see on cbs all access and on nbc peacock swapping vice versa sharing things of that nature so star trek on nbc peacock or yeah, some of the ray stuff like, donovan yeah ray donovan then same, everybody hits chris yeah and it's same thing with nbc peacock some of their stuff will be going to cbs all access Is this a great sign for viewers? Or is this a sign that those two streaming services, one of which has been around a couple years and has not seen a great amount of success, even though they've got some great shows, especially in the Star Trek universe there that I've watched, that I've liked. But I know as a whole, it's not achieved a great level of success. And NBC's Peacock, which is just starting out, which is actually getting like no pub actually, I'm sorry, they're getting little publicity because Queeby is the one that's actually struggling even worse than they are because HBO Max is taking all the thunder. So I want to hear your thoughts that is this a good move and is this a move that's going to help build both of these two streaming services?
2: Actually, I do think it's a good move because I think that they're both trying not to be fixated on becoming like a dedicated hub for their own programming. You know, <coughs> Disney+. Plus. They don't want to do that. And I think that's a good idea because Disney, although being huge, if Disney were not as huge as they are, you could say the same thing about them if it wasn't for the fact that they had all their own original content. Would they have came with anything in the beginning? No.
0: Right now, NBC's Peacock and CBS All Access, they're behind the eight ball because HBO Max has come out like a gang of thunder. There's also, of course, like you said, Disney Plus and you have Amazon Prime. And you have Apple still roaming around there. You don't know if they want to commit wholly to this thing, but if they ever do, they've got tons of cash, and they could throw out as much cash as anyone in the industry. So they could throw literally more content out there than anyone or buy up as much content as they want. So And these
2: streaming wars, I think they're the shark in the water.
0: They're the wild card in this whole scenario. So we'll wait and see exactly what Apple has in mind. But yes, is this going to be something that's going to help Both CBS All Access and NBC Peacock. I mean, for those viewers of those streaming services, it's going to be great because you're getting more new, fresh content or semi-fresh content. Because if you don't have one and you have the other, and you'll be able to see that, so that's good. But is it going to help substantially long-term, helping those two become or reach a point of status where they'll be thought of in that, that upper echelon, that big league of streaming services? Only time will tell on that. I don't think so. I think ultimately it's going to take new content, specific, exclusive content for each that's going to wow audiences, that's going to be must-have, must-view. The Star Trek stuff in the beginning was kind of close to it, but right now it's just more Star Trek stuff at this point, no matter how good it is. And I think people have just said, you know what, I either like Star Trek or I don't. At NBC's Peacock, See, NBC doesn't even have its own most successful show on there. Friends.
2: That's what I'm saying. They didn't have fresh prints either. That's what made me want to get Max is because I'm going, Really? You don't exactly. even have
0: one of your own shows that was But it does have the most popular streaming show, at least what Netflix was saying when it was on Netflix, and that is the Office. So at least they're gonna have that. But I don't think it's going to be enough sustainable for both long term because both don't have enough choices out there and content that's fresh and new to make people want to go ahead and commit over Disney Plus over a Netflix, over an Amazon Prime, over an HBO Max long-term. I think it's really going to be something where when it comes to the big leaks of streaming services, those two might be left behind.
2: Those were all good points. I mean, I can't argue that you're right. Because if they don't come with something original, I mean, yeah, okay, everything else is great. I can't wait to see some of that stuff. But... What's gonna keep me there? I've seen some of that stuff in different places to where do I really wanna give you more money to see the same thing that I just watched 20 times on Hulu and probably 10 times on Netflix? Probably not.
0: What are your thoughts out there on what's going on with CBS All Access and Peacock sharing content? We know this is a good thing, but is this gonna go ahead and keep you long-term with one or both of those streaming services? And do you put it onto the top shelf of all those other streaming services. Share us your thoughts, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com, plus also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, it's been a great episode, my friend. Any last thoughts on the way out?
2: Only thing I can come up with thoughts-wise is I believe we left out a small subject of Fallout.
0: Oh, well, the Fallout TV series on Amazon... That's something that I think I'm going to have to talk about extensively on our Monday show because I've got some thoughts on it. Go ahead. Give us some quick thoughts on the way out.
2: Quick thoughts on the way out. Showtime has Halo TV. HBO has The Last of Us. Netflix has The Witcher.
0: And then That's AM- all I can AM- say right now. And Amazon has Lord of the Rings and Fallout.
2: So where does that leave us i don't know i think i might have to jump in on monday because i have a way too much of a paragraph for this right now and if you want to get into it then then i'm in
0: okay i'd love to have you back on my friend because then we'll talk why is it mass effect oh i like it so for degenerate 2018 aka jamie monroy this is gerald glassford It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself
1: a great. weird podcast people join us every week on the flopcast for a half hour or so of silly conversation
2: about
0: comics music saturday morning cartoons old movies and tv shows and chickens it'll be our little secret find us at
1: flopcast.net and on the eso network